everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm as good as I can be in an episode that heavily features Ted Nugent. I, I, I feel like the break... Happy 2024, everyone. We're here again. We're back. Uh, this is not a good episode to return on. I feel like the break made it worse. Even like we didn't have a, f- we had multiple weeks with no podcasting, no watching The Simpsons at all. I had like a little diet, you know, where I could just abstain from The Simpsons for a while, uh, at least the bad Simpsons. And then we come back and we watch this. Yeah, this, this is season twenty three, <laughs> and it's just this is all every ever all of this is just inexplicable, Matt. Like I feel like someone. This feels like this is painted on like a. a I'm watching. This is like a like I'm. I'm seeing the shadow of a fire on a cave wall of the Simpsons and I'm left to interpret, but, it, but it's not a direct shadow. It's through several weird filters that make it terrible. I, I like, I I'm left to interpret what all of this means and it doesn't, it means nothing anymore. Hi, hello. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. Uh, for only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. For $5 a month, gains access to that and much, much more. Uh, best thing on podcasting, I can say it once, say it again. We got a bunch of new supporters, Matt. The best people ever? I love that there are more than them. I, I agree. Yes. Linus Herod. Thank you, Linus. Thank you, Linus. Uh, thank you, DeChamps2005. Thank you for being a champion, DeChamps. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan Ayers. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. And finally, thank you, DP Gamer. You're right, DP Gamer. DisplayPort is the correct uh, connection to use for your monitor. Thank you. I appreciate you keeping it. <laughs> thank you for keeping it PG, man. I do appreciate That's that. the only thing <laughs> DP stands for, Robbie. The only thing. We are PG Podcast. This week's episode is Politically Inept with Homer Simpson. Episode PABFO3, originally aired January 8th, 2012. Written by John Frank, directed by Mark Kirkland. Received a 2.7 rating with 5.1 million viewers. 5 million people watched this episode. Man. Uh, I'm sure they're million. all... They, they were like, you know what was a great episode? That episode where Kent Brockman worked for Fox News. What if Homer worked for Fox News? And, and what about that one show Homer had where he and Lenny and Carl complained about things? What if we combined those two episodes? Uh, except they don't it, no, they don't they don't like you're like saying that they they don't do I that know. they don't do anything okay chalkboard gag tintin did not suck suck i i guess so someone really doesn't like tintin i guess or it really likes tintin i, I can't was gonna tell. say i thought people liked the tintin movie the remake that one i thought they liked it am i wrong okay couch gag in an Edwardian era setting, the lights go out and there's a gunshot. When the lights come up, Homer is found dead and Bart is arrested for his father's murder. Marge, the real culprit, hides a smoking gun in her hair. The real question is, how does someone identify this as Edwardian as opposed to Victorian? Someone is apparently really good at it. Don't, I, Matt, I'm going to say right ahead, this is the best part of this episode. This couch gag. Oh, by far. By far. Although I did, Matt, I'm, I'm going to say it with some shame in my heart. I did laugh once in this episode. I know, I know. I, I saw your note. It's also I where I laughed. So. I laughed one time. They got one really good gag in here, or at least good enough to make me laugh. But everything worry, else... We will, we will call it out. We're going to spend a lot of time on that, because I have thoughts on that joke. <laughs> oh, no. Matt has thoughts. Uh, this episode, <laughs> and I didn't realize this when I think going into this episode, but this episode guest stars Ted Nugent as himself. Why? Why would he do this? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's actually I mean, obvi- the answer is obviously narcissism, but geez. he's a maniac. I mean, they called him the maniac for a reason. 
so I mean, like he's never been a, a person who's of right mind. Uh, it's only gotten worse as time has gone by. But still, to appear as this parody of himself, does he think he's like getting around it by being it, doing it himself? Like he's taking pride in the parody. Like I don't even know. But the problem is, it's not really a parody of Ted Nugent, and that's a bigger problem with most of the stuff in this episode. You can't parody it. You can't satire satirize it. It's not possible. We're gonna get into it. It's the only thing we can really talk about in this episode because there's nothing of substance other than that. Let's get going, man. Let's 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 delve. Okay, we have to delve back. Yeah, we delve, have dig, to dig into the meat of the Simpsons. The family is at the airport. They are flying to Montana for a wedding. Matt, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about maybe three to four minutes uh, of the? <laughs> That's so stupid. I get that in this in twenty. What is it? Twenty twelve. Twenty episode. Twenty twelve. Yep. In 2012, The Simpsons is so mainstream that they have to do the mainstream jokes. But this is as hacky. This, this is this is some a, a boomer or a greatest generation comedian in the 50s complaining about their wife level of jokes. Ugh. It is three to four minutes right here of like the hackiest, laziest airport jokes, like jokes about luggage weighing too much about luggage fitting on an airplane about security like who this is like it's not that you can't make jokes about the airport people still do it you have to be a little bit more clever than this uh for real i captured a good sampling of these jokes just to give y'all a good taste you're clear now i have to change the nipple true patriots breastfeed Sir, you've been selected for a pat-down. Woohoo! Can you focus on my shoulders? That's where I carry my stress. Now, if I fart, that's because I'm so relaxed. <laughs> sir, there isn't enough room. Yes, there is! Woo-hoo! <sighs> Welcome to Flight 55 to Bozeman, Montana, by way of Miami. Due to an unforeseen jailbreak in New South Wales, our takeoff is going to be just a little bit delayed, so we're going to be turning off the air, but ethnic people are permitted to open and eat their home-cooked food. Huh? What the... Crazy food indeed, my friend. Good news, folks. We've been cleared to taxi back to the terminal. You still can't get off, but you will be able to look through the window and see other people walking around and making fun of us. No word on takeoff. <laughs> Sir, return to your seat. But I have to go to the bathroom. You should have thought of that before you drank the fluids you need to live. I mean, it's not that this isn't an accurate portrayal of being on an airline, but it's also real bad. I just, eh, yeah, I don't care anymore. It's again, Matt. It's not you can't make jokes about the airport. They have to be clever. There's nothing clever here, and that you could say that. About no, this it's, it's the episode. same hacky crap that everyone has done over and over and over again. And you're right. This this is this episode is filled with jokes. Everyone has always made a million times. Already made a million times. Um, and it's just boring. It's very boring, uh, and eye rolling, uh, cringe. You could even say. Uh, then we get 
so they are stuck on this airplane for what we are told like seven hours or something like that. Which I'm pretty sure at that point they would they would just disembark. I don't think they would keep you on yeah, the airplane. The, generally for seven now hours. they're requiring us after an hour or two to disembark you because that's inhumane. <laughs> uh, but whatever, it doesn't matter because this is like this is technically the inciting incident of this episode. Even though if I described the plot of this episode to you, you'd be like, "Wait a minute, that's not what happens." And I'd be like, "Yeah, I know. They don't really show you all the the scenes required." <laughs> to tell this story um but this is the inciting incident homer gets fed up steals the pa to the intercom hides in the bathroom and basically goes off on a rant a diatribe about being mistreated and blah 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 homer gets beaten he gets arrested um we don't see it Again, like here, there's just swaths of this episode where you would think there would be scenes that explain oh, think? that would show us what happens after the fact or show us between like there's just a bunch of connective tissue that I would think would be in a competent story. And they're just not there because we cut from a Homer getting beaten and arrested uh, because we see Bart film this and put it to YouTube. Which is like, oh, we're like we're get we're in the YouTube era now, Matt. Officially, the Simpsons are in the YouTube era, mm-hmm. and the video goes viral. Um, we do this through a montage. We like see a bunch of different people watching this video of Homer Bart having recorded Homer going off this rant and having his little tantrum on an airplane and all that. Um, we see the video kind of go viral. Okay. Did Homer not get arrested before all this? Like, was there no... What are the repercussions? Because we see the video go viral, and then we cut immediately to Homer, like, in a big trench coat, hiding his identity. Yeah, why... Well, Homer is not someone... He's not a wilting flower. He or whatever, wasn't violent, whatever you call it. Uh, he doesn't shirk from popularity and fame. So why would he do that? And also, it's obvious from the first instant that everyone who sees this identi- like, identifies with him and agrees with him. So why is he trying to hide? We have no idea. That We don't know why. Like, there's there's not a scene where Lisa and, Bar- Lisa and Marge and, like, all of them go, like, oh, that was so embarrassing. Or they don't talk to Homer. There's never a moment where, like, they go on the news. We get, like, we, do, we get almost nothing in between these scenes that connects the dots. We just have to go, I guess that's what happened. Even though if Homer's arrested, like, by the the... Homeland Security or whatever TSA whatever like whatever is going on like he's not going to just he's not going to let out immediately like he's going to go to trial or whatever it doesn't matter Robbie stop that's what I say I say Robbie stop <laughs> um but Homer hides his identity as he goes into the quickie mart and then once he's revealed we also see everyone else in the quickie mart immediately recognize him and love him why are you in disguise? Because of that dumb viral video with 150 million hits, I can't go out in public. Hey, it's the guy from the plane. <sighs> hey, way to go! <laughs> you said what we all think, but don't have the bones to say. When I heard Homer speak, I no longer felt small. They love me. The quiet Homer Simpson that kept it all bottled up inside is dead. This is the birth of Homer Simpson, blowhard. I'm on the roll of my life. Give me a scratcher. Give me another one. Almost a winner. Oh, boy. 
Yep. I, I just I, I feel like that whole thing of, oh, uh, this is the end of Homer Simpson, you know, keeping it all inside. Now it's Homer Simpson blowhard. Shouldn't Marge at least have been there to go, wait, what? You've always been Homer Simpson blowhard. I mean, <sighs> whatever. The, the, you're this that if you're gonna if we're if you gentle audience at home take anything from this episode first of all don't watch this episode of the simpsons uh, and number two is they don't know how to connect the dots to connect to make a theme matt they don't know either, okay it's either they don't know how or they don't want to because it's too much work that's all i can come up with because th- you are right you the greater point of this should be here we're starting to fix this episode right now because don't worry it's broken <laughs> the the only question i have is is this episode so broken that we can't fix it no it's that's the thing it's not it's not a bad idea man again it's not a bad idea but i think if you're going to make this episode that is the thesis you make is where if you're going to make this an episode I feel like you have to make that connection of Homer has always represented the common man that he has represented this like Mm -hmm. weird id character where everything's right on the surface, but at his heart, he's a good man. He's trying his best and you have to connect the dots of why, like the idea of populism and why do these talking heads on news stations connect to people, right? Oh, it's because they say what they think. They say what everyone's afraid to say. And you could even, you have to like make a greater point about why that's actually not good. But they don't know how not to do that. <laughs> they are completely, if, or like I said, they went, oh, that's really hard and just didn't do it. And just kind of told us to come up with the ending ourselves, which is what the most of this episode, Matt, is the, is the Simpsons writer saying, you do all the work. You come up with everything that matters in this. We're just going to kind of do some broad scenes and have some general tomfoolery with with Ted Nugent, of all people. Mm-hmm. And y'all figure it out. You do the rest of the work in your head to make this actually an episode. We go to commercial, six minutes and 46 seconds. That seems like, oh, that's a short first act. It felt uh, like it felt like years. Every act of this feels it like, felt like years. Forever. Don't worry. Don't worry. The second act will also feel like forever. Yes. Anyway, so we come back to a Fox News called out actual Fox News, not fake Simpson name, actual Fox News host named Nash Caster. Uh, Robbie, uh, do you remember what his show was named? Butting Heads, something like that? Butting Heads, because he literally headbutts Homer at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Basically making fun of Homer uh, for some reason. I feel like this is uh, absolutely not what Fox News does, but they making fun of Homer. They brought him... on Homer because of the viral video. But again, right. they don't up... they don't spell out like specifics. And like it's such like this is obviously trying to satirize Fox News. Tucker Carlson or uh, or or uh, I can't remember his name Matt Bill from back O'Reilly. In, Bill O'Reilly from back in the day. Obviously trying to satirize that. But they don't do like they just make him look like a clown and you're like well that's not actually the part you're supposed to satirize of course he's a clown you're you have to satirize the things he says that are dangerous and why they're dangerous to make this a coherent political statement which is i think what they want to do with this but they don't you'd think i mean it's hard to tell they don't yeah that's what i'm saying like it's so clumsy and so vague you're like what is going on 
Who's ha- what's ha- like? I literally wrote in the notes of this match. Like you are at the point where you like you're talking about Nash, Caster, and Homer, and I wrote in the notes. I don't know what's going on because I don't. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, well, because I'll tell you what happens, Robbie. Homer is on this Nash Caster Fox News thing. They make fun of him. They go to a commercial. He makes Nash Caster makes out with some blonde woman who's his co-host because I guess they're making fun of the incestuous nature of Fox News angers. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Homer uh, feels bad and feels like uh, he's going to get you know maligned like he did back on. Um, uh, what was the the soft news show uh, from the uh, Homer uh, Badman? Uh, rock bottom. He's going to get rock bottomed. Uh, meanwhile, Marge and the family tell him, "No, no, no! You got this. You you are the common man. You can stand up to them." They come back. They begin to you know call Homer pointless and you know say, that, "Oh, everyone's going to forget about you in three, two, whatever." Then Homer stands up and gives a big speech. And uh, yeah, you can listen to it for yourself. Uh, five seconds to air. <clears throat> uh, we're back with Homer Simpson, who's about to become a soggy pamper flung to the side of history's freeway in three, two, not so fast. <gasps> now, I may not be the manny petty TV blowhard, but I do speak for the common man who does his lousy job, goes to church twice a year, and watches women's tennis because he likes to hear him grunt. I bet Chuck the cameraman and Steve the sound guy know where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those real people out there who buy their coffee from the mini-mart and grab enough sugar packs for a week. Honest, hard-working, sugar-stealing Americans. Yeah! Cut! Nash, I'm scared. Find me a rich husband, quick. Dad, you out-talk the talking heads. From now on, when someone asks me, I'm going to say you are my mom. Uh, uh, now I regret bad-mouthing you to that girl you liked. Homer, the way you just demolished our number one on-air personality was fantastic. You are the kind of ill-informed gas bag this network cannot get enough of. We only have 11 now, not to mention our liberal straw man. Oh, the plain and simple facts is, I'd love to raise your taxes and make your children gay. But what we don't have is someone who speaks to the average American, your flyover Franks, your dirt bike Daryls. How can you refer to your audience that way? Well, what you do is take a derogatory term and think of other words that start with the same letter. Homer, you're getting your own show. Finally, but I want to do it my way. Classy and sophisticated. Welcome to... Sorry, I meant to cut that on the end there. Uh, there are so many things here that just... Let's work back chronologically. <laughs> Dirt bike and flyover are bad things? Since when? Like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, you know, the, the fact that the Fox News gas bags... I mean, there is a core here that I thought for a second was slightly interesting. Oh, the people who work at Fox News are the people who identify with Homer, the common man. Like, because, I mean, we all saw all the stuff that came out from uh, the, the Fox News lawsuit over the 2000 election about how all the Fox News hosts hate the people who actually watch them. Everyone saw that. If you wanted to make the show about that and how they're all, you know, Ivy Tower elitists or whatever you want to call it, uh, Ivory Tower elitists, that's fine. That would have been interesting. How Homer actually represents the common man and what they want. Okay. I can see that ha- happening. That is not at all where this goes because, oh, what do they do? They elevate Homer to their level. And it's just I I did not capture any of gut check with Homer Simpson because it's Homer ranting with 
you know, three second shots uh, uh, with the camera just jumping around over and over again about incredibly stupid things. And I just it made me a little nauseous, nauseated and from both the content and the you know camera angles. And that was about it. That I, I did not want to subject anyone to that. See, that's your problem. Man. You need to want to torture the audience. You, that's what The Simpsons was <laughs> wanted to do. They clearly are like I hear I am. I guess the Simpsons are just happy to lob me softballs every now. So now, I literally wrote a, a book. A, the main character is literally a, a a a Tucker Carlson type talking head on the news, who's haunted. It's a really good book. You should go buy it. Yeah, it's called Truth. Truth by Robbie Dorman. You should go buy it and then leave a really nice review on Amazon because I need more of them. Um, and in that book, I have uh, the main character's name is Leo. He has a, a crisis of conscience because he he kind of has at the point he's at when the book starts he is bought into the sham that he's peddling, uh, and eventually kind of realizes oh this is empty and and shallow and I'm destroying myself and everyone I know and everyone who watches uh, by doing it and he has to realize. He's a bad person and try and redeem himself. Um, lots of other stuff in that in that book. But that's Leo's arc is that. And to build that, you have to have conflict internal. Like Homer Homer just buys in immediately, like, yeah, I'm gonna have a TV show. And then and never questions it until literally the last ten seconds of the episode, it feels like. We see these studio executives who clearly, like you said, Matt, want to use Homer. They are ivory tower rich elite who hate the people who watch the shows, but they are happy to court them with broad appealing populist clowns like Homer. Homer has no conflict with any of this and the executives don't, tr we never, we don't have any kind of conflict between the executives and Homer. They never go. We hey. never see the executives again. Exactly. This is, this is it. That's it. We never see, like, we never see the executives going. We never see, like, we see Homer later, uh, inexplicably out of nowhere, going to a Republican meeting where he's going to pick the next Republican candidate for president. And there is never a mention of that before that point. We never see the executives go, oh, Homer's doing really well with this or that. Oh, we need him. To, we need him to pitch this kind of idea. We want to get this going with the general public. So we get. We we have to like. Who's writing the show? Is this Homer just doing improv for twenty minutes every week? No, of course not. Because there's sets built up, and there's a there's a bunch of there's a team of people. Like there have to be writers. There have to be producers. Like we don't get any of that. There's nothing. This montage is just like here. Watch the show. And like literally, it's like three or four minutes of watching, just watching gut check. And why aren't we watching like 30 seconds of gut check and then seeing how gut check gets made, seeing an executive, an executive producer get in Homer's ear and say next, Hey, next week, Homer, can you start talking about this? And Homer goes, I don't know. Why would I talk about that? That doesn't seem like a problem. And he goes, well, actually, and he can kind of like trick Homer into saying something that's bad, you know, something that's dehumanizing to some certain type of people. Um, we don't see 
any of how the sausage is made. We have no conflict of personalities, no conflict of desire between any kind of characters because there aren't any. We get Homer and Gut Check and Gravy Boats. <laughs> there's just there's just nothing. And here's the other thing, Matt. So that's part number one. There's no there's no conflict between any of these different political, you know. In, I mean, political, not in left versus right, but people wanting what they want, their desire, their will to be enforced on the world. That's what, you know, their politics is. Political plays is not about, oh, necessarily, oh, a left versus right. It's about, I want to be in control, not this other person. And you would you would think there'd be a political political struggle between, you know, Lisa and Marge and this executive who's gotten into Homer's ear who's given him this position of power as a new as someone on the on television there is none number two that's the first failure of this episode you need that to be there or it doesn't work number two second failure of this episode it never once actually confronts the problematic parts of these types of shows now, no they're they're taken as a fact of reality uh, that this is just the world Homer lives in, and we're going to see how Homer acts with it. There's never like the, the like that first the gut this first gut check, Homer. The only mention of quote unquote of racism is like, oh, I never say anything racist, and that would work if they immediately juxtaposed it with something that is racist, but they don't. They don't or anything that's problematic. There's Homer doesn't say anything that's racist or uh, something that's, again, dehumanizing to any kind of sect of people, any minority of any kind, which is like, go watch even like, obviously, Tucker Carlson devolved over the years from 2012 to like 2022, where, you know, he got, again, in a political power play, got removed from Fox. You go back and watch Bill O'Reilly, which is what this is really, I guess, parodying. Um, yeah, he was all spouting awful, terrible things all the time and then trying to use like very flimsy, uh, you know, bad arguments, quote unquote, proof that isn't real that, you know, basically just lying to back up arguments that, you know, that are basically dehumanizing uh, to deconstruct different policies that the the super uber right wing people who. Uh, are the base of the people who watch that show are, you know, they slobber over, they love it, that kind of stuff. And Homer doesn't do it one time. Homer just makes, like, they have gut check, and we see so, how much gut check do we see, Matt? Uh, we get this, and then we get... The gravy. Uh, the gravy, the, the, yeah, we, we, see, we see the first thing, family discussion, then the gravy boats, and then we get the the end piece. So it's like, it's like five, at least five minutes of The Simpsons is just gut check. It feels like it's just this fake show. And you're like, because it doesn't ever actually get to like what those real shows were doing. It's empty satire. It's empty satire. It's empty parody. You have to have some sort of you have to have Homer be bad. If he's Homer is going to embody these talking head guys, he has to be a, he has to at least turn into saying something that's mean or bad. Like even this gravy boat stuff never becomes insidious. It's like this empty, facile thing. This this whole episode is built on these things that 
are empty. They don't do anything. And like, I don't do the writers of this sincerely think that this is like pointed satire, like rock bottom at you mentioned rock bottom, rock bottom. That was real satire. Yes, that was real satire because it actively, it actively showed character assassination, how those shows craft narratives out of nothing, right? How they use editing to construct their own narratives whichever whatever will sell the best and you get that you don't have to be smart to understand it you watch the episode because the episode does a great job of laying it out this episode you're i'm immediately like i literally go after this and go what is this sincerely what are we watching because i don't know i'm that is my that is the my robbie rants of this of this episode I'm not going to do, devote a lot more time to all of that because every time every time it comes up again, Matt, I'm just going to say, remember what I said before. Mm-hmm. There we go. So uh, after the first segment of Gut Check with Homer Simpson, uh, we get the family talking at dinner uh, of them, you know, basically Homer saying, oh, I, he uses the Fox defense. Oh, I'm doing a character of the, the Alex Jones defense is what I like to call it. Oh, I'm doing a character. That's not really me. Uh, they, they even, he uses the incredibly stupid joke. Oh, they even have... Uh, you know, uh, Halloween mass of me. And Lisa says, oh, dad, that's just Shrek that they painted yellow. Ha ha. Ha ha. <sighs> we then go back to more gut check uh, with Homer uh, having a, a giant hunk of meat that he cuts California and New York out of uh, because they're obviously not the true America. God forbid. They only hold like 50 percent of the country in two states, whatever. Uh, but and then at the end, he says that, oh, you know, Everything involves the gravy of freedom. Uh, and then he starts a, a gravy boat mo- moment where people, he takes a gravy boat and sticks it on his head. And that's the end of his segment. Lisa is seeing this. Lisa's actually, I believe, in there in the studio for some reason uh, and is worried of the kind of things Homer's rhetoric will incite. So, what's this with the gravy boat? Just an innocuous little symbol like a smiley face or uh, like an IOU. You know, symbols can often rile people up. The swastika, the New York Yankees logo. Oh, don't worry, sweetie. I think I know how to whip up an audience just short of a frenzy. And then we get a a montage of the average Fox News viewer doing exactly that, getting the gravy boats out of their china cabinets, putting them on their head, and just marching down the street. And they march right into a commercial break. So there's no... Lisa goes, oh, this is dangerous, Dad. I'm like, no, it's not, Lisa. Homer didn't provoke violence towards anyone. That's the thing. Like, again, this is empty. If Homer was actually, this is when you need that, here, fix this episode right here. This is where you need a producer saying, hey, Homer, you need to talk about this dangerous element of people. They're, you know, causing trouble in America. And Homer goes, what do you mean? And then you, you you give him a target for him to talk about, and it provokes violence against those types of people. You have to have him do something. Um, we got him got from commercial at 13 minutes and 43 seconds. Um, this is where we see the burgeoning gravy boat movement. Uh, and I just pulled the entire third act because it is incredibly short. <laughs> it's so short, my God. The gravy boat movement is spreading across the nation like a rumor about some kid and someone's mom hooking up at a high school. With the presidential primaries coming up and an entrenched incumbent in office, Republican leaders have no choice but to court this movement's inglorious baster, Homer Simpson. 
Marge, I'm going to meet with the Republican establishment and pick their nominee. If there's sandwiches there, you want me to bring some back? Speaking for Lisa and me, we're not really 110% behind you anymore. Then what percent above 100 are you behind me? Um, none. Only 100%? Oh! Only I love you, and I'm glad we're finally using our wedding china. But when you're helping to pick the next leader of the free world... Dad, you shouldn't do this. It's not fair how much influence you have. Now, Lisa, I'm an entertainer. And you can't entertain and inform at the same time. And if you're access Hollywood, you do neither. <laughs> Now, they're all excellent choices, so simply pick the white male candidate you prefer and we'll elect him. I don't know. Can we get Chris Christie to run? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Save me Obamacare! Yeah, maybe I'll vote Democrat. The great thing is when they get in, they act like Republicans. No one's voting Democrat while I can still draw a bow. Yeah? <laughs> Ted Nugent, I made love on my honeymoon to your sweet music. You're my man! You're endorsing Ted Nugent for president? He's a right-wing rock star who likes everything I hate! Could there be anyone awesomer? Who's hungry for elk? Hmm. My daughter's a vegetarian. That's all right. She can munch on an antler. Antlers ain't meat. It's the entirety of the third act. And is incredibly, incredibly stupid in so, so many ways. I mean, you have a joke. That, oh, Democrats act like Republicans when they get in office. Hey, that's insightful. Maybe you should do some more. Nope. Yep, we're going to totally forget about that. I mean, okay. like it's again, Matt, like they don't you don't just say it. Say the thing you do. You set up a like I do. I have to explain how to write a joke. Like it feels like that's what I'm, I have to do. Like how to like, <laughs> hey, guys, like write a joke in here somewhere like you know set up punchline nah. no um no nope. it, it's just like so we get this like we we literally you played that clip of lisa worried about homer enraging his audience about you know engaging with them too much so much that they'll get angry and have gravy boats on their head uh, okay and now in just immediately straight to it homer is at the Springfield Republican Party headquarters picking out the next presidential candidate. Why? I don't get it. Why is Homer picking it? Would, wouldn't wouldn't they be picking it and then telling Homer, this is who you need to talk about, how good they are? And then Homer goes, oh, well, I don't like them. Oh, look, there's conflict because Homer doesn't like the person he's supposed to drum up and, and promote. Instead of Homer going, oh, I want Ted Nugent. And then going, yeah, sure, that's fine, whatever. This just again, it's just so like this whole episode is just so smooth, man. It's so easy. Like, oh yeah, it happens. And you're like, well, I, why is there no story? Why is there no story in this? It's just things are happening again. There's no conflict. There's no Homer's not making any actual choices. He's not making like having to come to some conclusion that's hard for him. You have to give your characters. <sighs> I'm sorry. We go to our final commercial at 15 minutes and 50 seconds. That's a two-minute long third act. Two minutes. Mm -hmm. Got to get the extra commercial in there. Mm -hmm. It's important. 
Uh, when we come back, we get way too much Ted Nugent. He's gutting a deer in the Simpsons' backyard. Where to get it from? Who knows? Who cares? In the process, he uh, makes fun of Flanders uh, and calls him a, a liberal, essentially. And Flanders says, oh, no, I'm not that. And then Ted shoots him with an arrow. In the head. He shoots a man in the <sighs> head with an arrow, Matt. I like. I, I, know. I know I'm not supposed know. to take any of this seriously, but I'm, I'm like, he would be dead. Yeah, and also he has uh, Martin hanging from a, a, uh, not a noose, but a a snare that he has rigged up in a nearby tree. Because again, this is Ted Nugent. This is just how he is, I guess. (sighs) And then we get to the only slightly interesting part of this. Homer goes to sleep that night and is visited in his dreams by James Madison, a founding father. I almost captured this, but mm, whatever. I want Robbie to tell you about the joke. Uh, but James Madison actually takes Homer on a uh, trip to see the other founding fathers where they bounce him up in the air uh, using a sheet that is printed with the words of the Constitution. Basically tell Homer what you're doing is bad. Now, doing this with the actual text of the Constitution is probably not a great idea because the original Constitution called for the loser of the presidential election to be the vice president and didn't uh, uh, you know, have election of senators, which they reference later on. But whatever, it's something at least. Uh, Robbie, would you like to explain the joke that you laughed at? Oh, um, Homer's hungry. He wake because he got woken up, and we are supposed to think this is a, uh, spoilers. We find out this is not actually a dream, which is not satisfying in any way. But w- I don't know why they. I don't know why they swerve us here for no reason. Um, this is the only mildly interesting part of this where we would get a peek into like oh. James Madison is a, a founding father, one of their first presidents. What did they? What did they? What was? What is our government built upon? And like they hint at this stuff, like oh, they talk about slaveholders mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, we've always had problematic uh, politics, and maybe we shouldn't be looking to our founding fathers necessarily for what how we should shape our country. But whatever. Homer's hungry. He wants pizza, and James and Madison goes, oh, they're all closed. There's nothing's open. And Homer goes, the gas station has pizza. And Madison goes, I don't want gas station pizza. I laughed at that. Which I would like to point out that some gas stations have okay pizza. I was recently informed that Wawa pizza is actually pretty good, which I find to be unconscionable. But apparently I need to try it. I'm, so, Matt, see, that I'm, I am, I, when people say there's no such thing as bad pizza, th- that's incorrect. There is definitely bad pizza. I've had it. Pizza Hut exists. I mean, come on. How? First of all, okay. How dare you? First of all, how dare you malign the good folks at Pizza Hut? Okay? Sometimes, Matt, you want Pizza Hut. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes you want cardboard dripped in grease. There's cheese in there too, Matt. Okay? Not just cardboard. Lots of there's stuffed crust pizza. Okay, thank you very much. Pizza. You can get stuffed crust anywhere now. Hungry Howie's and Little Caesars both have stuffed crust. We can't. I I, I just want to make it very clear. You cannot trust Matt's opinions on food. He is like <laughs> he is some like cryptid. He is like some alien or some, some some. We don't like. I don't know what's wrong with his tongue, but we need to take him to a doctor to get it looked at. I feel like he, there's some like tongue doctor who could do something to him and help him out. But Pizza Hut's fine. You're just you're as bad as my wife. Uh, Pizza Hut is fine. I like Pizza Hut. It's I want a particular kind of pizza. I go to Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut is not bad pizza. 
Um, neither is Hungry Howie's or Little Caesars, for that matter. Um, but there is bad pizza in the world. I just, not, I don't know. It tells you about the quality of this episode where we just, we're just going to talk about pizza. For the it's rest much of the better to, to talk about pizza. I was going to say, but gas station pizza is usually fine. It's not great, but it's fine. But the I this like this bizarre juxtaposition of like, oh, a, the, our fourth president. I don't want gas station pizza. Like it's just so like, it's just was so absurd. It got me. Like that is it, it's maybe I I think I laugh at because this is the one gag in this episode that felt like a Simpsons gag. It felt like it oh did. Yes. this actually felt clever because it has this bizarre juxtaposition where you have Homer visited by this very like you know the aristocratic former president who is theoretically this is his, a, a vision of him. Is it a ghost? Is it just Homer imagining this stuff? Who knows. Um, we find out it's neither of those things unsatisfyingly, but the idea of this man saying, I don't want gas station pizza. Like even he's like, oh, I don't not nah, Come on, man. <laughs> um, it made me laugh. Uh, it, I, then I went like, Oh, I laughed at this episode. Oh, but yeah. I, I needed it to be fair. Like th- everything else in this episode is so painful. I, that the, this is like the glimmer where you're like, oh wow, oh there it is, and then it's gone. It's like a vision of an oasis in the in the desert, and then you're immediately like, oh, I'm still, I'm just so thirsty. Man, I'm thirsty. What yeah. happens? What uh, happens? Don't worry, Robbie. Matt, Matt, I this is a real uh, question. This is a real question. What does Homer learn in this vision, quote unquote, vision? Uh, that what he's doing is wrong. How he learns that from reading the Constitution, I'm not quite sure. It, I feel like you would actually need some history. Or something along those lines to see why this is bad. Um, probably more recent history as well. That, but but Homer does it through while he's being bounced in the air. So I, I don't know. I don't know how he learns this. But he wakes up. He's he's uh, you know he's has a a weird. Um, I don't know how you say it. Uh, he's mumbling in his sleep when Marge wakes him up, and this is what we get. Homer, wake up! Oh, it was all a dream. Oh, Marge, Oscar Madison came to me and told me that politics are serious and important. Mm. Lisa, you were right. I'm not going to endorse anybody for anything. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad you've heard the voice of reason. Yes, the will of the people should not be subverted by demagogues who... Hey, what's this? Springfield Colonial Village? What the? You faked it! Lisa, how could you? It wasn't just her, only. It was all of us. Why did it just mess with your mind? That's what a play with an a play is for! No strangling on school days! Well, if there's one thing I don't like being taught, it's a lesson! I'm so mad. Not only will I endorse Ted Nugent, I will call for an end to the direct election of senators. Dad, no! Really? That made sense? Then I'm definitely doing it. Yes, this is, um, it's a nice way to put this, incredibly stupid. Uh, first of all, Lisa has better OPSEC than that. She would never leave that later around. That would be something a moron would do. She would have burned all the documentation, or at least encrypted it. So Homer at this point, uh, because he feels like he was manipulated, he leans even harder into his decision, ignoring everything he was taught, because that's what humans do, at least the bad ones. And then we get an episode of Gut Check, uh, where Homer is attempting to 
play uh, or is attempting to, to uh, you know push forward the nomination to Ted Nugent, and to do that he's going to fake cry, but he can't fake cry. This is what this episode hinges on: is Homer's lack of ability to fake cry to get Ted Nugent elected. Lisa comes on and says, "Hey, maybe you can't fake cry because you know that it's wrong," and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Besides a, a fake Ted Nugent song, no man. That's where we leave it. I Ted Nugent. I want this is this is. I do want to mention this just because it makes me upset. I hate it. I hate that. I hate Ted Nugent in this episode. I hate that he's here. Uh, I don't like, even if you make a fool out of him, I still don't like that he's on it. Like, the fact that he's doing the voice. Like, if this was Ted Nugent voiced by some, one of the guests, you know, or another guest com- comedian or one of our one of our, our regular cast, I would not be upset by it. Because it's Ted Nugent himself doing the voice, it makes me upset. And his last, and this is how the episode ends. It's not this, like, there's no like powerful moment about politics, about accepting like nothing. It's Ted Nugent says the line here. I'm going to play a song. I'll never hear. And you're like, what does that mean? I I have no clue. Uh, is, is he going deaf? No, no, no. This is, this is the only thing it can mean. This is the only thing that could possibly make sense in the way that line is said. This is Ted Nugent literally speak breaking the fourth wall this is ted nugent breaking the fourth wall and telling us here i'm gonna play this i'm and i'm but i'm never gonna i'm playing this song and it's crap it's him he's not trying it's just him improving very clearly and he's not going to hear it because he's never gonna watch this episode because he doesn't watch the simpsons that's the only thing. That's the only, only possible interpretation of that that makes any kind of sense. So that means that uh-huh. they end this episode with that as the big stinger. Is oh, Ted Nugent's here's a song. Play a song on you'll I'll never hear. And you're like, what on earth are you doing? What is this? Um, why like the reveal that the James Madison was not a dream or a vision. It was just this really unsatisfying fake out that. The idea that this hinges on Homer fake crying. They bring it up earlier in the episode. It felt weird at the beginning. I'm pretty sure this is just a reference to some probably moment on Talking Head television. Probably some newsman did a lot of fake crying and it became news at the time. Um, so now they're referencing it multiple times in this episode, but it's lost to time. Except for the people who were alive and watching that stuff and engaged with it at that exact moment. And is so boring. Like again, here we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Please, man, ask the question. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. Of course, it's broken. We've said it multiple times. Um, you have, to, you have to. I Matt, when you say like the only question is if this is too broken to fix, I'm like this is not that. This is not a bad idea. Having Homer. Well, it depends on what 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 is your idea? Of, like, what is the the core premise of this episode? I mean, because it, they're all over the place. They are all over. I mean, that's their again their fault where they don't engage with a single idea and just follow it to the end. Like, it's not. You don't have to introduce all this other stuff of him choosing presidential candidates and the gravy boat movement and like the core premise of if what what if Homer becomes a 
talking head on Fox News. Gets his own show. That's what I would. That's that seems like that's the central premise here. Everything else is right. ancillary. You don't need it. It doesn't. It's it's off topic. And if you want, and like it makes sense. Like the, they make some choices in here that make sense. Like oh, Lisa would be the voice of reason. Lisa would be like, Dad, you do like Homer being like this innocent fool where he's like, I'm just speaking truth to power lisa like this is and like that's what a lot of people echo that's what a lot of people who would watch a bill o'reilly would say i'm just saying what people are afraid to say and you have to show homer doing that at first thinking he's innocent and doing the right thing you get you have to have a devil on his shoulder as well you can't just have lisa as the good guy and then homer as theoretically the bad guy because he's just too dumb to know the difference you need an actual bad guy. You need a devil on the shoulder. A producer. Give him a name. My God. They don't give anybody names ever. We, we don't know who the executives are. Um, it, Please don't put Ted Nugent in your episode. Like, I don't know what that, like what you said, Matt. They throw it. Why is Ted Nugent here? Why? Why? Like, he doesn't add anything. He doesn't. No, he's just. Who who is the candidate that Homer could endorse? That's the dumbest thing ever. And like you could just use a Simpsons character. He doesn't have to be a. There doesn't have to be a rep, like a presidential candidate at all. That's what I'm saying. Like you don't have yeah. to go to this extreme length of like, oh, Homer has to pick a candidate or endorse a candidate. You if Lisa Lisa's points about oh, you do know that what you say, people are listening. Dad, like millions of people are listening. And it could be dangerous if you say the wrong thing. You convince people to do things. You may not realize it. And, like, this is, like, where you take that juxtaposition where, like, guys like Bill O'Reilly, they knew that they were telling people to do bad things. They knew. Those people know what they're doing. They know they're not just playing a character. They know that what they do has power. And the thesis to me is, what if you took a guy like Homer who doesn't realize that and you put him in that same position and then you challenge him with that realization. Oh, the, I, I do it. Like you have to see, there have to be consequences. Homer has to say something bad on the air, not necessarily like, and that damages someone in Springfield. You watch someone get uh, run out of town. You see someone's ha- like, you see a, some, a business get shut down or picketed or something. You have to pick a target. And it doesn't even have to be like, oh, it doesn't have to be a racist or homophobic thing. It can easily just be something really silly that serves as metaphor for a minority of some kind. Someone a Bill O'Reilly would target. And then Homer realizes, oh, no, my words have consequences. And then as his producer gets more and more into his ear, he starts to realize, like, I can't say this stuff on the air. Bad things are going to happen. And that's the crisis. That's the conflict. Homer has to make a choice. Oh, well, you have to also, like, he enjoys being on television. He gets perks. He's rich. I don't know. That, like, Matt, I can't say this enough. This is not rocket surgery. This is so simple. And they are just like, oh, here's well, time. All, all you have to do is just step back in the middle of uh, writing this episode and think, huh, how can I make this better? And take it for five minutes. It's really just... Like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, again, this is, it seems so relatively simple, but they just aren't in, they don't have no intent of actually setting up a real plot. 
They feel like they have like three scenes or four scenes that are actually about a story. And the rest are just nonsense thrown in here. Like he's Ted Nugent capturing Martin Prince or shooting children with a crossbow or whatever, or a compound bow. Like literally using children as arrows. You're like, what on earth is going on? He shot Flanders in the head and there's just no consequences. It's so cartoonish. Um, this is so clumsy is what another thing I said about all this. You, you like they don't if they want to engage with political satire, you have to engage with the ugliness. I, I don't know how else to say it. Truth, my my I bring him here, another cheap plug. Go read my book Truth. It's really good. Not enough people have read it. It's ugly. My book is ugly because to engage in, in any talk about modern politics is to engage with ugliness because it's all that is. And the Simpsons want to make it silly. And you're like, and I laughed at the idea of James Madison not wanting gas station pizza, but literally nothing else in this episode is funny. Everything else in this episode made me, made me like roll my eyes, made me cringe. Uh, Maybe you want to turn it off, honestly, Matt. See, that's the other thing. Like, I think we should start tracking the spot. Like, if we weren't doing the podcast, at what point would you turn this off? I mean, we were doing the podcast, and I still barely watched the fourth act. It was all I could do to force myself to pay attention to it. I would have, I would have turned it off as soon as the airline jokes were there. See, that's the thing where you're like, oh, this is so bad. This is so unfunny. Why would I spend my time watching it? Uh, wait, that's even before you get to the episode proper. You're like, a jo- literally jokes about, oh, your luggage weighs too much. Let's reorganize our luggage. Uh, what? Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. Lisa brought Kurt Vonnegut books. Okay. Um, that's it for this Fix This, fix this episode. Uh, we do not have any comments on the news group or any listener question stuff this week. Uh, we're still getting back into the thick of it. I'm going to post that stuff starting next week again. Again, thank you all for your patience as we took a break over the holidays. It was nice not engaging with whatever this was. <laughs> it's not a Matt and I when we Matt came Matt and and his wife came over and we played board games and Matt's like, It's weird, was not doing the podcast for two weeks. I'm like, Yeah, it's been nice, it's been chill. Um yeah, our our hate muscles have have weakened. In the yeah, past two weeks. yeah, it's you got to build up that tolerance against what we got to do. So there's no comments in the news group. Uh, I'm sorry to our patrons if you were I, I I didn't say. I mean, I'm not sorry because you didn't have to watch this not this garbage episode. Um, no listener question. We just I'd ask for mailbag uh, questions instead. But we do have next week's question for the listener question of the week. And what is your favorite viral video? gonna be a tough one there's so many man and you and i are olds so we 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 remember the old stuff we 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 have yeah we we, we'll have to pull out the tomes from 2007 of uh the very first viral video the google video rather than the youtube yeah uh the stuff we you you shared in on like a on on the, the most primitive of file sharing um but I'll post that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. You can email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com, and I will post it on our subreddit, which is our The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. Let's start with the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, as we try and stump 
the other. I have a three-point lead on Matt. So far this season, I'm doing my best to keep it up. I've won last season. I've never won two seasons in a row, ever, as long as we've done trivia. This maybe this is this is my this is 2024 is my year, Matt. I'm saying it right now. 2024 is my year. Clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Season 23 and 24, I'm going to win them both. Call my shot like Babe Ruth. <laughs> see, Matt's laughing like a oh, Bond. Matt's, I'll see what I can do to destroy that dream. See, Matt's laughing like a Bond villain. I don't like that. Mr. Sergeant Fatso Judson himself. Villain. Ow. Ow. You okay there? Your Bond cat. A cat is. is your Bond cat. Gotcha. See, you're a Bond villain cat, yes. Matt. You are a Bond villain. You're holding the cat. <laughs> I told you. All right. Are you ready uh-huh. for an easy question? I mean, I'm not holding the cat. And that, that's her problem with it. She's like, excuse me, why am I not in your lap? And it's because I'm on a stool, not on a chair. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? Anyway, Matthew? Robbie, how about an easy question? Matt, can you not I'm hear ready. me? Hello. I can hear you. Can you not hear me? Matt, I've literally asked you three times if you're ready for an easy question, and you just keep talking about a cat. And I've said yes every time. I, you were talking about stools. Are you ready? Here, I'm going to say it one more time. Yes, and, uh, I am ready. <laughs> in Least of the Tree Hugger, what is the name of Dirt First's leader? That would be Jesse Grass. That is correct. All right, Robbie. I tried to go not too hard for you. So, mm. in Tis the 15th season, mm. you may have noticed I wrote these questions before Christmas, uh, what Channel 6 anchorman is absent from the holiday special because he's in rehab? Uh Kent Brockman? You are correct. I mean, I don't know how else it would be. Yeah. I mean, Bumblebee Man has served as a, as a as an anchor, but I don't think Bumblebee Man has any uh, substance abuse problems. He seems like a probably ups- not. He seems like an upstanding uh, upstanding fellow. Uh, your meme question, Matt. Jesse Grass is voiced by whom? I believe it's Joshua Jackson. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> Ah! Normally, I, for some reason, that's stuck in my head. Normally, you ask me who voiced this person. I'm like, I have no clue. But for some reason, that's stuck. Why are you read Dawson's Creek, Joshua Jackson? How do you remember it? <laughs> Joshua Jackson, R.I.P. I believe he's. I believe he's still with us. He is still with us. It's an internet joke, Robbie. What internet jokes? <laughs> I, I, I'm flexing those muscles for next week. Okay, what's my medium question, Matt? Please, your medium question. What present does Homer buy himself uh, in Tis the 15th season that leaves him with no money for any other gifts or a tree? There's a landscaper right outside and he's using a leaf blower and it's disrupting all my <laughs> all my thought patterns. I cannot emphasize That's right, take enough. Take your time. Uh, you, you can cut out all the uh, the gaps. No, I... Tis the 15th season. Homer buys himself. I keep... Oh my God. Everything is just... Every... Gift bad gift Homer has ever purchased is all just circulating in my head, Matt. I know there's mm-hmm. there's so many of them because again it's the fifteenth season, so they just, that's when they start recycling things, and you're like that's like that's literally the like Homer that's literally like the 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 Jacques episode is like Homer buys himself a bowling ball and gives it to Marge, like it's literally that, and they just start recycling. Um, but this time it's Christmas. Uh, why can I remember? I want to say it's shoes, but it's not the tennis shoes. He doesn't get the tennis shoes in that episode. At least I don't think so. Uh, then I think, oh, it's like, is it one of the sharper image things? Like, I remember, like, a, a very clumsy sharper image ripoff thing. I don't think that's in that episode either, but it might be. That one's closer because it feels like it's like, oh, it's an impulse purchase and it takes all their money. Um, but it's not a big thing, I don't think. It's not like it's a car. It's not, again, it's not a snowplow. Um, another episode even winter episode where Homer buys something 
spends all their money on something dumb. Um, this is the only thing that comes keeps coming to mind, Matt, and you're going to immediately tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. It is a... I don't know the, the name for it. It's like an astrolab or something like that, like a big, sharper image thing that has, like... It, like, talks about, like, it's, like, the revolving of the planets and stuff. Tell me I'm wrong. I would love to, Robbie, but I cannot. Is that it right? Is in fact, a talking astrolab. It's an astrolab! Oh, my God, I got it right! I can't believe it. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, it is a Christmas miracle. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I'm something like, I knew, like, that was, I kept coming back. I'm like, I kept back coming back to that <laughs> picture of, like, Homer holding an astrolab. I'm like, is that in that episode? My brain, like, I think the time off did help me connect some, like, some of my uh, neurons, Matt. I think I'm reconnected. <laughs> uh, yeah, we disconnected a few more today, but uh, I know it, Ted Nugent. You, you're left with enough. Ted Nugent did some damage. All right, Matt, your hard question. If you get this right, I'm gonna be so angry at you. Okay. When while Lisa is thought dead, how does the news label her? Oh God, um, label her. Uh, she's a like like she's a tree sitter. Like, uh, um, I mean, it's like the, the, the littlest tree hugger. Is that your final answer? Is that what you're going for? Yeah. They, when it is, when she is thought dead before, she, eight seconds later, it's revealed that she's not dead. Uh, another reason the episode's not great. Um, the news says, rest in peace, Lisa Simpson, Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm good. I it's that's it's a very hard question. If you had known that, I would have had a Sergeant Fatso Jetson outrageous. <laughs> See, the problem is you ask the Sergeant Fatso Jetson question from a good episode. If you ask that kind of question from a bad episode, which is at least the trigger is not a bad episode, but it's not a very good episode. I'm one I watched a lot of. Anyway, your hard question. In Tis the fifteenth season, they go to the rich people's mall, uh, in which they have a paint yourself into a Rembrandt cart. Who is in their sample offering? Meaning which Simpsons character has been painted into a Rembrandt. You're correct. Uh, Ralph Wiggum. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right. I'm afraid that is incorrect. It is Mo. Okay. I mean, I could. it was just a guess, man. Like, I could have guessed anything. Yeah. Like, it's like, what's a funny? It's really like, what's a funny character uh, you could put it there? And there's a, a, I think Ralph's funnier than Mo, but that's just me. Honestly, Chief of police is is more likely to have the money for that frivolous novelty than Mo. I, I assume I assume Mel got it for free. I uh, met Mel. Mo got it for free. For some reason, I have shy Mel in my head from the the regular episode. Uh, so Mo got it for free uh, because they let they said he could, they could use his image. See, that's that's some interesting headcanon that you've created, Matt. Mm-hmm. Well, we've stayed. We have stayed three points ahead through miracle, through a miracle today. Through, oh, an absolute miracle. Let's be real. Where it's it's a do you believe in miracles moment? It's literally it's <laughs> you know I it is literally I am USA hockey. Matt is the Soviet Union. I'm not <laughs> I'm not expected to pull it out, and I do uh, to remain three points ahead. Um, moving into uh, our next episode. That's it for trivia. We can move on. To our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. 
Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of show format. I rate the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh boy, okay. Let's uh, scroll down the list. My good mouse in here with the uh, inertial scroll. Scroll down the list. Um, Okay, this is not a truly offensive episode. I don't think it broaches that area. It gets close there with Ted Nugent a couple times, but this episode is so it's it's it gets close. It's not he doesn't get to really like. It's not. I think this is in. One okay. First, I'm a, we're gonna reference old, good old Andrew Bloom because this is episode is worse than the Frying Game in my mind, which is at number four forty one. Matt, I think this is worse than the Frying Game. I would absolutely agree. Uh, uh, my but, question is, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking down at like Angry Dad the movie, and I can't remember what regarding Margie is. I think you're in the right. I was gonna say that's exactly the same territory I was looking at. I honestly would rather see he loves to fly and he does again. It's a terrible episode. Better than this. That is Marge amnesia episode. Oh God. Okay, so it's definitely in the right area. I think I think he goes either side of regarding Margie. I think I would rather watch that one again, but it could be the fact that I haven't watched that one in a while. They're both incredibly stupid. Um, Angry Dad, the movie, is also like is so incredibly stupid. Um, I think you're right. This is better than Angry Dad, the movie. Um, but it's the right territory where it's just so inept at telling a story. It makes no sense. Um, I think this is worth I'm gonna I'm gonna say because of the inclusion of Ted Nugent, this goes below regarding Margie. Yeah, I am I'm good with that. I think that's I think that's where we're at. It's just it if it if it was not Ted Nugent playing himself, I would put it above. But it goes below. Yep. So that's number four forty six on our list. That's terrible. <laughs> that's a terrible spot. This episode's real bad. Um, you know, I would say, oh well, you know, it's not in the bottom ten, but that's you have to be a, you have to be in a special kind of bad to be that low on the list. Um, so it's not that bad. But it's still pretty bad. Um, yeah. So that's number 446 on the list. Right below regarding Margie, we're in above Angry Dad, the movie. Um, we're not done, though, Matt. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Hey, there's nothing worth keeping in this. Absolutely. The, there is one thing worth keeping, Matt. One is it a pizza joke. It's a pizza joke. <laughs> That's the only thing I like in this episode. <laughs> However, it's not worth salvaging the saving the entire episode for. I would never say you need to watch this. This is one of the ones you never watch again. You ignore as nothing. It contributes nothing to the greater idea of the Simpsons. Fire the cannon. Goodbye forever. Politically inept with Homer Simpson. Uh, we can ask and answer the same question about every episode on the list as we work our way through it. Uh, this is an interesting one, Matt. We're at number 170, one, an episode that's okay. probably only this high uh, because of me. <laughs> this is this is one of those ones. Yes, absolutely because of you. It's because of me. I argued it a little bit higher. Um, and that is the computer war menace shoes uh. from season 12. 
Lots of references to The Prisoner, one of my beloved shows, one of the insane shows from the late 60s um, that should have more, uh, probably more fans than it does. A cult show, you could even say. Um, And that's largely why it's aside, because it tickles my particular uh, fandom bone in that way. Uh, I think this is this is a, this is a, a a a good time Matt, to kind of demonstrate what this question actually means, because mm-hmm. the events of the computer war menace shoes are ridiculous. The things that happen in the episode are incredibly absurd, and they certainly couldn't take they wouldn't take place like in season four or five of The Simpsons ever. Uh-huh. Back when The Simpsons was kind of very ground. Mo- pretty grounded and realistic and as you get to seasons five and six and you have homer go to outer space it starts to be you know like a little bit more silly a little bit more silly um but this is a completely absurd premise of an episode but this is not oh did the events of this episode actually happen in the in the in the, in the context of the simpsons that's not what we're, that's not the question we're answering the question mm-hmm. is is this episode as a whole worth watching and worth talking about is it is it worth discussing as a part of the idea of the Simpsons. And I think that question still gets a yes from you, regardless of, you know, if I push this episode higher than you think it deserves. I mean, you're correct. Thank you. This Technically episode correct. does lead to some interesting things. Technically correct. Um, it's worth, I here, Matt, immediate question. Would you rather watch computer war men issues than today's episode? Oh God! Yes. Yeah. Like in a Ugh. moment, it's, without... it's, a, it's th- almost three hundred. No, two hundred uh, higher. It's two hundred fifty oh. over almost two, over two hundred seventy over two hundred fifty higher. Uh. Um, yeah, it's it's significantly better episode. Even despite the fact that I love the prisoner and a lot of the like prisoner stuff in this is why I made Matt. I twisted Matt's arm, putting it higher than he probably would put it. Um. It is our list. It is not my list. It is not Matt's list. It is our list. Um, Matt's just not a, a, a psychopath that wants to push episodes higher, uh, largely. I think Matt has, most of the time, Matt has not argued episodes higher than I suggest, or at least not much higher. Um, not yet, at least. We might get to an episode where Matt's like, no, this is a secret classic, Robbie. What's wrong with you? Um, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, this episode still makes, despite how absurd and silly it is, it still makes so much more sense than anything in today's episode. I know, and that is bizarre to me. Where it's like, anything about the prisoner would make more sense. Like it's an episode where Homer gets abducted and taken to like a secret island because of his like internet presence. And you're like, what are you talking about? Why is this? And you're like, well, it makes actually makes some sort of sense in the context of the episode. And you're like, oh yeah, it kind of does, I guess. You know, it doesn't. It's not crazy. It's and it's very much like this is the best of the Scully years kind of thing, where it's very much manic and, and, and crazy, you know, off the wall kind of stuff. But it's fun, uh, which is not what politically inept is. Uh, so that's a yes, it stays. But I like having those discussions. That's why we have the question. Uh, the list. Homer's enemy is still number one on our list. Last place, Matt is still Codependence Day. Um, may that's long, gonna be a rough one to ever beat. Thank God. Long may it rain. You say that, Matt. We're getting close. I know. We've had a lot of episodes in the four hundred plus. Because the next week's episode is the Doshal Network, uh, which features Army Hammer. Oh, nothing mm, weird has happened about him. <laughs> has come on about him in the intervening years. Definitely not. Nope. 
I really nothing against Harvey Hammer, you know, despite the fact he. Well, my only problem with Harvey Hammer is he's a very boring actor. Um, but this is where we get. Uh, I'm guessing a Facebook thing. Yep, Lisa creates Spring Face. Oh God. <sighs> okay, that's next week, and the week after that, Matt. Mo goes from rags to riches. Oh, yay. I'm so excited. I, I'm like, I, this is genuinely one of the bad episodes that I'm actually looking forward to because I'm really, I'm like, I'm really want to see what, like, I remember watching this before and being blown away by how insane it was. And now I'm kind of looking forward and to it. After like, seeing Ted Nugent, you're like, hmm, it can't be that bad. It's probably fine compared to that. Like, is Ted Nugent in it? No. Okay. Jeremy Irons is the, the bar rag. I love Jeremy. He sounds great. His incredible voice. I just, I just, I'm gonna picture it like it's just Scar the entire time. <laughs> there you go, perfect. I, it's not a bar rag. It's Scar somehow, some way. Scar has appeared in The Simpsons. I don't know, uh, but we got the Doe Show Network next week. You can watch along with us. Um, you can find everything on our website, thesimpsonshow.com, uh, and you can find us. Uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We appreciate everyone who supports us there. If you haven't supported us there yet, that was a perfect time. Over 500 episodes, uh, constantly uploading new stuff there. Um, back in the swing of things now in the new year. Uh, you can find me online at basically my name on all social media. I'm most active on Instagram or and TikTok right now. That's Robbie Dorman. That's Dorman with one O for those you can't keep track. If you don't search The Simpsons Show and Robbie, you'll find my name. Um, you should go by Truth if you are intrigued by the idea of a story about a talking head who is at odds with the producer and then haunted by a supernatural creature that forces him to investigate a, a decades-long cover-up. Well, the few supernatural creatures that are a force for good in the world, or at least in Robbie's books anyway. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of benevolent supernatural stuff. My monsters are usually <laughs> monsters. And it's to be, it's like it's, you can easily argue that Truth is not benevolent at all. Like it, it, it is like truth in the in my book is kind of unyielding and seems benevolent at times in its cruelty, but you're not really actually. It, I don't. I would not necessarily paint truth as a as a good guy, so to speak, more as an unyielding force that just happens to be. Yes, aligned. it's one of those, it's one of those supernatural energies that's not good or bad. It just is. But I usually do have my supernatural stuff be evil or be a monstrous thing. Not all the time, though. You change it up once in a while. Uh, if you're interested in that, go buy Truth. You can buy it on my website. I have an author shop. People have been messaging me all the time. Can I buy signed copies of your books? Now you can. Directly from my website, RobbieDorman.com slash, I think, store or shop. You just click on the link. Uh, and you can buy signed copies from me. You can also go to my TikTok shop if you're following me there. Easy. Easy peasy. Now, or you can buy literally from Amazon, Bookshop, Barnes & Noble, in eBooks, or physical copies. There's so many ways to buy my books. I don't want anyone more saying, I don't know how to buy a book. There's so many ways. Any of them will work. Please. I'm begging. I have 14 books. I have 15 books in a couple of months. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Nope, I spend all of my time going insane watching The Simpsons. Oh, wait, no, that's only most of my time. Uh, the rest of the time I spend taking care of kittens. If you would like to see the cutest kittens that have ever existed, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, on Instagram or kittenturns.org. And if you need 
a an incredibly adorable little murder ball in your life and you live in the central Florida area, you could have one of these little interns that are the perfect little business creatures. All they ever want to do is shred your face and your profits. But yeah. What's the website again, Matt? Kittenturns.org. K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S dot O-R-G. Sounds like a place someone should bookmark. It does. You can check back. You can also check on, uh, well, I mean, it's uh, at kittenturns at kittenturns.org if you would like to uh, subscribe on your uh, RSS-based uh, or Fediverse-based reader. RSS? What year is this? Uh, it's 2023. It's back 20... in, you know, in decentralized form. It's 2024, Matt. I'll correct you. Oh, that's on right. That, on that, in that it's, regard, at least. Hey, it's January 5th, okay? I'm still working into it. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Goodbye, Jim.